Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Well, Elon Musk is now the richest person on the planet. More than half the satellites in space are owned and controlled by one man. Starting his own artificial intelligence company. Well, he's a legitimate super genius. I mean, legitimate. He says he's always voted for Democrats, but this year it will be different. He'll vote Republican. There is a reason the U.S. government is so reliant on him. Elon Musk is a scam artist and he's done nothing. Anything he does yeah. is fascinating yeah. people. Welcome to Elon Inc., where we discuss Elon Musk's vast corporate empire, his latest gambits and antics, and how to make sense of it all. I'm your host, David Papadopoulos. Tesla has been hit for the first time in its history with a strike. The company's mechanics in Sweden put down their tools in October. Now, the action is spread across other Nordic countries, with workers involved in Tesla deliveries in Denmark, Finland, and Norway jumping in and supporting their striking Swedish counterparts. The showdown could have serious implications for Musk, especially as the United Auto Workers Union sets its sights on Tesla's factories here in the U.S. Meanwhile, Musk is focused on bringing Alex Jones back to X. No, that's not a joke. More on that later. But to discuss the strike in Europe, we'll talk to Dana Hall, longtime Tesla reporter. Hello, Dana. Good morning. And Craig Trudell our global auto industry editor in London. Hey, King. Then our regulars, Max Chafkin, Sarah Fryer, and Dana, will talk about the latest happenings on X, and they'll also give you a very special gift guide made up entirely of ads found on X. Very important. Okay, so, Craig, we're going to start with you and in Sweden. And now... Elon and Tesla don't have a factory there, but tell us exactly who is striking and why. The union we're talking about here is IF Metall. So this is Sweden's uh, industrial workers union, and it's uh, really old. It's been around for 135 years. This is a country that uh, ironically, you know, is, it has a lot of consumers that you would think would be quite fond of a, a brand like Tesla, a lot of uh, sort of eco-conscious, uh, you know, sustainability-minded uh, consumers. And this is a, a union that has been around an awfully long time. It's a consumer base that is indeed, you know, environmentally uh, focused, and, and it's a wealthy consumer base, right? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Dan will know this well. I mean, this this is a region that has been really important to Tesla's history. You know, Norway is, is uh, you know, very close by, maybe the first country in the world to go electric in terms of new car sales. Uh, Sweden, you know, is, is a relatively small market in the grand scheme of things, uh, but it is Tesla's fifth biggest market in Europe. And so it is not an insignificant market for them, at least in, in this region. It is the first strike ever anywhere in the world against Tesla, but it's not a whole lot of workers, right? We're talking about mechanics at, at a bunch of 
um, shops across the country. Is that right? Yeah, this is really small. We're talking about seven repair shops in the country, roughly 130 people. And so when we talk about this being the first ever strike at Tesla, I think it's really a function of that more so than anything. The fact that you have this union that itself is is pretty big and has been around a long time. Uh, but, you know, this sort of, you know, people involved is quite small. It's, it's also a country with really strong protections for organized labor and for unions where, you know, Tesla can't tell workers, sorry, you can't join a union if you want to work here. That's just the, the way things work in the country. And I think that's kind of where, where you know, we're seeing issues here is, you know, the, the way that Sweden works is just very yeah. different from the U.S., where you know, Musk is used to the UAW sort of striking up uh, an right. adversarial relationship between workers and management. He doesn't want that, but I think he misunderstands really how Sweden works. This is a country that doesn't have a, you know, minimum wage. Uh, you know, this is something that the government sort of leaves up to management and workers to work out for themselves through the collective bargaining process. So, Dana, let's pause there for a second and flesh that th- that his thinking out there a little bit more for us. I mean, Elon is not a union guy and uh, Tesla has never had a union. And what's interesting is that if you look at the history of the Tesla plant in Fremont, California, it did used to be union when it was owned by Numi, which was this kind of rare, very unique joint venture between General Motors and Toyota. So back in the 80s and then in the 90s, like Numi was a union plant, then it went bankrupt. All the workers were let go. It was like this sort of desolate crater of a factory. Tesla bought it in 2010. And some of the workers that are there at Tesla came from Numi. So there's always been like a very small faction within the plant that worked for, you know, that there were UAW members who wanted to see the UAW come back. And in 2018, when Tesla was ramping the Model 3, there was a really strong effort mm-hmm. to try to unionize that plant that ultimately kind of petered out and went nowhere. We do know that he has a pretty dim view on, on unions. Uh, it's the libertarian in him. Here's what he had to say about unions a couple of weeks ago with the Deal Book Conference in New York. I disagree with the idea of unions. I think the unions naturally try to create negativity in a company and, and create a sort of lords and peasants situation. There are many people at Tesla who have come, gone from working on the line to being in senior management. There is no lords and peasants. And so when he talks about the things and the reasons he's against unions, I mean, one of the things, and I believe that actually comes up in the deal book interview, he says things like, listen, I've got workers who work for me on the line who have become millionaires just working the line and from their stock options, right? Stock options that he says they would never get if they were unionized. Yeah, no, that's a huge part of of Musk's thinking, that everyone at Tesla has equity in the company and that if you're in a union, you pay union dues to this sort of parallel management structure that he thinks is basically corrupt. And you know, to his credit, I mean, he, you know, he's not exactly wrong on some levels. I mean, the former UAW president did go to federal prison for like for embezzling funds from the membership. The whole thing about millionaires, I mean, there are a lot of early Tesla employees who made a lot of money. If there's like actual millionaires, I have not like seen any of them come forward, but they do exist. I mean, if Mm. you got in at a certain time and 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 held on to your options and your RSUs and time to the market, right? I mean, that that's definitely true. I mean, that's that's there's lore around that within the plant for sure. Yeah, and, and something that he definitely sells and, and, and articulates publicly quite a bit. But let's go back to Scandinavia. Craig, tell us 
what exactly do these striking mechanics want? So I mentioned before that this this is a, a case of a country where there, there's no way for Tesla to get in the way of these workers unionizing. This is a matter of what that really means. And, and collective bargaining is the key here. You want to be able to, you know, come together as a group of workers and hammer out an agreement with your employer as to, you know, what sort of working conditions are set, you know, minimum uh, wages, hours that are worked, uh, those sorts of things. I think, you know, when you, t- you talk about repair workers, uh, there are, of course, uh, safety implications there. Working on uh, mm-hmm. batteries uh, can can be a dangerous thing when you're working on a, a car that maybe has been banged up and has a big hunk of rare earth and volatile materials within batteries. Right. And so, you know, this is a case of... of workers wanting a collective bargaining agreement and Tesla refusing, and not just lately. This is something that goes back to 2017. This is something that the union has been pushing for for years at this point. Craig, at some point uh, recently, you said to me, this struck you as a little bit of a case of Elon being stubborn in the sense that Elon, the disruptor, wants to disrupt everything, is against unions. And even though the fact that this is the way it's been in Sweden for many, many years and the vast bulk of workers uh, work you know, under these kind of agreements, he can't get himself to, to accept it. And it, it almost feels like he's, ter- he's creating something of a tempest in a, in a teapot here. Yeah, because I do think that, you know, of course, some people are going to say that, well, if you, you know, agree to a collective bargaining, you know, deal with workers in Sweden, well, this this sets a precedent and, you know, mm. sort of slippery slope situation. Slippery slope, yeah. I, I don't think that that's what actually is at stake here. When, you know, you talk about uh, a collective a collective agreement for 130 workers, is that really going to make a difference in this really difficult, uh, you know, fight that unions and the U.S. and Germany are going to try and wage to organize thousands of workers. I don't think it really makes any any difference. I just want to ask you this, Craig. This strike is spreading to a certain degree, right? Other unions uh, sympathetic to the cause of these mechanics have also started taking part. W- what does that look like exactly? And what's the impact of that, Craig, on Tesla's business there? Yeah, just because of the the role that unions play in Sweden, uh, the protections uh, for them and sort of the ability for them to to maneuver is is really sort of open. And so there's an ability, you know, legally for there to be sympathy actions across unions. So we're talking about an industrial workers union that has taken action against Tesla. But as a result of them taking action and striking Tesla, you've seen this, you know, one after another, other unions within Sweden and in some neighboring countries that have similar systems uh, also, you know, sort of taking up the cause. And so you have postal workers in Sweden that won't uh, hand over license plates uh, to to Tesla and are sort of holding up the delivery of those, which of course is going to complicate uh, Tesla's effort to yeah. get new cars registered. You have uh, dock workers that are refusing to, you know, uh, unload Teslas from ships, and you have, you know, Finland and and Norway and Denmark, these other unions in neighboring countries that are saying, "Nah, you know, we're not going to help you, Tesla," in, in getting around the fact that these dock workers in Sweden are trying to, you know, sympathize with, uh, you know, their their compatriots in the industrial workers union. Yeah, I even understand, right, that the uh, garbage pickup isn't happening because of um, one of these unions acting in sympathy. So things are, are getting smelly there around these repair shops. 
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Steeple and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Steeple's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Steeple last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Okay, so Dana, that's the scene in Scandinavia and in Germany. Indeed, as Craig was saying, here in the U.S., Sean Fain, the leader of the UAW, is now targeting Tesla, among other automakers, as the place he wants to unionize workers. Those unionization drives, I believe, Dana, are now underway. What's the status at this early stage? Yeah, so the I mean the UAW is is trying to organize everywhere and they've had some announcements recently that they've gotten lots of signatures on union cards at different plants, but I, I'm gonna pound this over and over again. Like they are gonna they are gonna <laughs> focus on the South. They are not gonna focus on Fremont. When you say the South, right, we are not talking about Tesla. We're, We're talking about like the, the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee okay. and other auto plants in the South. Uh where where the UAW has tried to unionize before and, and actually had votes before. Like you guys it just doesn't make sense to like go guns blazing at Tesla where they've never even gotten to a vote. They've got they've laid a lot more groundwork at these other plants. And so I just get frustrated personally when it's like every, like every I, I get it. Everyone wants okay. a sh- I'm going to keep asking this question. Everyone <laughs> wants the Sean Fain, Elon Musk cage match. But if you are Sean Fain and you you have the 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 views you do and Sean Fain is is a new kind of labor leader in this country and he's not messing around and he's kind of got it out for the billionaire class and you look at Elon Musk the richest person in the world is he not a juicy target to go after He's totally a juicy target but it, but if you're a, if you're a union strategist and you've just won these historic contracts in Detroit and you want to keep the momentum going and grow your membership then you pick the next easiest target which is not Tesla you p- you pick where you're going to win. Like that's just like sort of basic organizing 101. And I think you've seen from the recent UAW commentary that like they're focused. They're not focusing on Fremont. They're focusing on other plants that are largely in the South. Yeah, I'm and I'm absolutely with Dana in the sense that the UAW has already sort of made. Uh, big efforts at other factories, whether Volkswagen or Nissan down uh, down in the South and U.S., and, you know, made it to a vote with those companies. It's it's tried and failed, but at least gotten somewhat close. It hasn't come anywhere close with Tesla. But I do think with Tesla, you know, just on the last earnings call, these guys were talking about 
even taking, you know, stickers off of parts uh, and doing that to save, you know, literally pennies per vehicle, uh, the, the sort of, you know, emphasis that they're putting on cost cutting as their growth has slowed down dramatically, this absolutely poses a threat for them when they're having to, you know, whether they like it or not, you know, pivot uh, to a significant degree from, you know, being a, a growth story to sales are slowing down. So, you know, you have this uh, situation of slower g- growth, falling prices, uh, and some cost pressures on the part of this union momentum, yeah. whether it's really small uh, cases in, in Sweden, a more powerful union in Germany, and a UAW that is, you know, for all its weaknesses and, and long history of, of issues in the U.S. is, you know, at least at the, for the moment looking resurgent uh, in Detroit. Listen, Craig, terrific to have you on. Thanks, guys. Like, Looking forward to listening. Okay, we're back. And joining me and Dana is Max. Hello hey. there, Max. And Sarah. Hello. So, Sarah, as we talk X and Alex Jones and those things, I want to ask you, because I'm going to be honest, uh, over the weekend I did my best not to to pay that much attention to this, just a little bit. So for those like me, what exactly do we need to know about what's transpired in the last 48, 72 hours? Alex Jones, who who owes a lot of money to the victims of the Sandy Hook shooting because he denied that it occurred for, for many years, is restored to X. And I think you know, what happens occasionally on the platform is is Elon Musk will try to prove that he has created the network for free speech. He's done this before. He's outsourced controversial decisions to users via, via polls. And that's what he did in this case. So he tweeted out, let's see the will of the people. Should Alex Jones come back? Same thing he did for Donald Trump, by the way. And a good portion of people, a solid majority, said yes. And so Alex Jones was restored. But not only that, Elon Musk did a a Spaces, which is that live audio with Alex Jones, and, and sort of yeah. even gave him more of a platform than just restoring him to X. Yeah. So now, Max, I know that you see, to a certain degree, some sort of tie-in between that, between this kind of thing and uh, the stuff we were just talking about, about uh, unionization efforts at at Tesla factories. Yeah. I mean, so I listened to this uh, two hours and 40 minutes spaces appearance. And, you know, it's it's Elon Musk talking to Alex Jones, the famous uh, Sandy Hook uh, denier, harasser of uh, of the parents of dead school children and, and so on, joined by Andrew Tate, uh, who is currently under indictment for human trafficking as a men's rights activist. And mm-hmm. Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, the third or fourth place Republican presidential candidate all kind of broing down about the awesomeness of free speech. Mm. And when you listen to this, it's just very niche. It's like it's like a thing that you would not care about unless you are deep, 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 deep down the right wing rabbit hole. And that, I think, has worked for Musk. But of course, it's polarizing. When you say it's worked for him, how has it worked for him? I mean, when you listen to this uh, this appearance, right, it's just constant praise. It's a bunch of guys talking about how amazing mm. it is. Elon Musk has saved the world. He's I built see. himself a a like credible media following in the same way that Alex Jones is a credible media following. But of course, it's also created all of this polarization. And when you see these 
you know, union actions going on, you know, in Nordic countries and, and of course, the threat of union actions in the United States. Having Elon Musk out there doing hard right signaling is working against him. It makes I mean, him more of a target. Absolutely. These, you know, organizing efforts, right, are, are partly about like person to person contact, but they're also part, partly about political context and cultural context. And he's doing himself no favors, right? He's like most of these union activists are not going to be big men's rights you know, Alex Jones <laughs> right. fanatics, right. to right. say the least. And, and we're not even talking about the customers. Well, well, let me also make just one one quick point about polling, which is that it is not the will of the people if you run a poll on X. Hmm. It doesn't seem <laughs> it's super, not super scientific. scientific. I don't know if this needs to be said, but in case it does, you know, Elon Musk, he, he is the most followed person on the platform. But you know, we've found in reporting supported by uh, a nonprofit digital rights group accountable tech that with less than a hundred dollars you can buy tens of thousands of votes for a twitter poll easily so wow well, that's tempting. And it was, you know, of course, as it always is with with Musk over a weekend, you know, when that that fan base is is maybe online and, and most people are not. And I think that we just need to be careful about, you know, when Musk says, I did this because it was the will of the people. I did this because this is what people voted for. You know, these things are not at all democratic. Right. Right. I want to say one other thing, which yes. is that. During this spaces, Vivek Ramaswamy audibly peed. Like, I, 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 as a way to make a statement, or no, no just, just an accidental, like in the Naked Gun. <laughs> okay. okay, it was just an, it was just like the, like it was the highlight. Now, Max, there is some chatter out there in some circles that Apple, like it, briefly banned Parler from the App Store for similarly lax content moderation after the Gen 6 insurrection, that there's chatter that, that, that they could perhaps do the same to X now. Thoughts? Well, yeah, Musk himself has kind of driven that chatter, right? He uh, uh, earlier talked about the, the prospect that Apple would, you know, would ban him from the App Store. There was this kind of summit between Tim Cook and, and Musk. I think that's a extremely unrealistic possibility. It it de definitely serves the interests of the kind of right who who like the narrative of prosecution by big tech is I really see. important. But the truth is, Alex Jones being on X that, that he's not that's not the only platform that has allowed Alex Jones. Right now, you can go to the App Store and and download Rumble, which is the main platform mm. for you know Jones and Russell Brand. The other thing is. When when Apple banned Parler hmm. in in uh, 2021, the context was very different. It was right after January 6. Right. You had Jones, you know, involved in to some extent at least in in the you know attempted insurrection. But right. but that is not what's going on right now. The context is very different, and I, you know I don't think Apple is going to take action anytime soon. And really, that th that conversation is mostly happening kind of in in right wing corners of media. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. 
Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. You know, none of this seems like a great way to lure back advertisers, you know, with Disney and IBM and NBC, among others, pulling their ads, you know, which leads us to our final little bonus part of the show where we use the scrappy gang of smaller advertisers that have remained on X. Using them, we've created a challenge for our vaunted muscologists using only the ads you see there on the platform. You have to select holiday gifts for the other panelists. And Sarah Fryer, you are up first. So my top gift, and I, you know, caveat that I just remember which ads get served to me the most. And for the last month, it has been over and over and over those heart-shaped pans that Paris Hilton is selling. Now, unfortunately, she has also... I'm sorry, they're heart-shaped what? Pans for cooking. It. You know, oh. Paris Hilton, maybe she's like a great pancakes? kid. Pancakes? What are you... Heart? They're heart-shaped what, what and is... they're pink. <laughs> wow. And you can, you can, huh. And and what what does one fry or cook on these things? Anything. Well, you just, like... you just have to, to, you know, use the pan and say, that's so hot because it literally is <laughs> I see. hot. I see. Get it? Okay, so <laughs> get it. Max gets it. You know, maybe are not as available through X anymore, but I certainly am aware of them because of X. Wait, Sarah, you buried the lead though. Paris Hilton is no longer working. Like she's part of the the. She's boycott, part of the boycott. Right? Oh, so wait, 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 wait. So you can't get this on X. So is it is this violating the rules? <laughs> Man, you already broke the rule. We we were thirty seconds into the gift section, but it does Sarah's show you. But what's the the, the dynamic challenge. here? You it's, know, you we'll go with this, Sarah, just because we all like you. Who are you going to give this pan to? I mean, it was going to be a housewarming gift for Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Right. Very thoughtful, Max. Sarah. Moving into a new apartment. Can I have a gift for you, David? Okay, Max. Um, Hit me with it. Okay, so I know you're you know you're big horse racing guy. You're into the ponies. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, ads, you know, you see a lot of uh, ads for products that seem of questionable value, a lot of junky kind of as seen on TV type stuff. But there are also a lot of T-shirts. And and one of my faves that I've seen advertised on Twitter is a T-shirt that says, sorry, period, can't, period, horses, period, buy, period. (laughs) And I think I think it would look. You know, I think it really, it's a woman's shirt, but I, it looks, looks to me, that looks check, checking it out, and, yeah. you know, for $37, it looks like you can get, you know, 
uh, unisex sizes. So I, I think um, it's a possibility. Well, for that, you. well, that's very that's very nice of you. I, I would gladly receive the horse's T-shirt. That's brilliant. Uh, Dana Hull, what do you have for our fellow panelists? So my algorithm is very strange. I just get a lot of very hmm. strange ads. My favorite is this ad for a company called Plushy Dreadfuls, and it's like. Stuffed, anim- oh, yes. stuffed animals. That's a favorite of all. And of ours. I got one, a great cuddle buddy when you're off with the fairies, and it's a, it's a, it's like a stuffed mm. animal that looks like a, like a psychedelic mushroom. And I don't know. I mean, this could be a gift for Elon Musk himself and and his friends. Uh, it could be. This is what you hold while you're on mushrooms, I or guess. on ketamine, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's like a an emotional support stuffy. It's kind of a disturbing looking stuffed animal that yeah. With a mushroom. We've barely scratched the surface of the like super questionable advertisements that are like on Twitter. What's uh, wrong today? Uh, X. Well, my favorite was there was this there was this one that was a drain cleaner foam that I got served many times, mm. and it actually had a community note on it saying that it doesn't actually clean drains. Community notes being the crowdsourced platform uh, fact checker. What, Just to give you a sense of how bad it gets, 404 Media, which is like a, a tech website, yes. ran a story yesterday. Headline, Twitter is just running ads for stealing semen now. And you you look at that headline and you think that could not be true. That could not reflect an actual. But you're saying it is. It is. There is a company out there that specializes in non-consensual sperm collection kits for artificial mm. insemination. They are advertising on Twitter. I, I X, looked on X on X. Excuse me. And it's something like $129 for the kit. I, I tried to keep track of the 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 shirt the costs here because I feel like I know, a, I see, for yeah. a gift guide you want to know like how much the yeah, yeah, cleaner you, costs. You, you do want to know. And I I will to wrap it up uh, the gifts the gift section of this of this uh, show. I've got gifts for all of you. I'm I'm a big spender like that because <laughs> at $4.99 each. I mean whatever easy come easy go. For Max, I got the fly and I read. I'm I'm, I'm just reading the ad textually here. I'm citing flying ball boomerang with lead lights. Fly spinning ball, throw away, and it comes back to you. I could just see you and the kids you know just what? for I, hours. I have that, hours. actually. <laughs> I got, got it so last got year. It. Okay, so now you got another one coming. For Sarah and the January baby you're waiting for, I've got the Getnays shark socks. Now, Sarah, these socks, I mean, you're in San Francisco, shark, great white shark capital of the United States of America, and I'm a little <laughs> shark obsessed myself. They're socks that actually look like the shark is eating the baby's legs. So, you know, these are these are pretty good. <laughs> and then for Dana, I know you don't have a car. I figure at some point you'll get a car. Maybe your husband will I get a car. I do have a car. I do have a car. It's just an old Subaru. <laughs> okay, maybe you could use it for the Subaru. I'm getting you State Farm Auto Insurance. I mean, here's the thing. They just wore me down. They just kept coming with the ad and they kept coming into the ad, you know, with the ad in Spanish. And if there's, I am, if nothing, a sucker for auto insurance ads in Spanish. What I love the most about X ads is that if you de- you keep deleting them, like I don't like this ad, and then they say we'll try to make your timeline better, and then oh, really? the ads just get worse and worse and worse. But Dana, what's wrong with the gifts I just got you guys? I mean, these are like the fly- you don't like the flying ball boomerang for Max. It's a great gift. He's actually already has. He has one. I mean, he's already got. I should say, you know, the Cheech and Chong gummies we have not <laughs> talked about, but that that they are they have been one of the big advertisers of the year. But I haven't seen their ads for a while, and I, I sent a request for comment to Cheech and Chong and? to ask if they're still advertising. And? They have not responded to my request for comment. Okay, well, we, I'll we, get back we, to we, you. When you when when there's an update, when there's a comment from Cheech or Chong, you will let us know. Okay, enough of the uh, silly holiday cheer. Let's call it quits. 
Thanks for listening to Elon Inc. And thanks to our panel, Dana, Max, and Sarah. Always a pleasure. Great to be here. Thank you as always. This episode was produced by Stacey Wong. Naomi Shaven and Rehan Harmansi are our senior editors. The idea for this very show also came from Rehan. Blake Maples handles engineering and we get special editing assistance from Jeff Grocott. Our supervising producer is Magnus Henriksen. Thanks a bunch to Business Week editor Joel Weber. The Elon Inc. theme is written and performed by Taka Yasuzawa and Alex Sugiyura. Sage Bauman is the head of Bloomberg Podcast and our executive producer. I am David Papadopoulos. If you have a minute, rate and review our show. It'll help other listeners find us. See you next week. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.